Hello, everyone. This is the Sharon Brown podcast, and I'm going to be doing a series on the mind. So I'm going to be doing a series on the mind. I have a few names for it, but I I probably will stick with this name. So it's going to be mind. Moral insistence, never doubting. It can be mandatory insistence, never doubtful, whatever. But I'm going to probably make it moral insistence, never doubting. So moral, it's your standard and your beliefs and what you uh, understand to be right and just and fair and all that. You know, the things that you hold as a belief. That would be Judeo-Christianity, the tenets of the Bible. So the Bible would be the basis of your morality. We also have a conscience, which can show us that things are wrong and uh, that can help us out. But the Bible is what leads us and guides us. And then the spirit of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Yahweh. Okay, so insistence. We have this uh, belief. We put it forward as being true. We push it forward. We insist that this is true. We take a stand for it like we understand this is true. So insistent and never, not ever, uh, you know, we are human. So sometimes we uh, may fall into some kind of doubt or something. But the Bible says, having begun to fear, stop. So having begun to doubt, stop. So never doubting. We, anytime doubt tries to come our way, we make it back up. So never doubting. We can claim to never doubt because we're going to back doubt up. So moral insistence, never doubting. We morally insist. We believe what we are, our morals, our values and things, and we never doubt them. Amen. So the Bible perspective of the mind series, it's going to be a series about what the Bible says about the mind, the things that they do in the mental health community and hospitals and mental illness It's erroneous. Uh, You know, they're like uh, doing things based on people's behavior and things like that. But they're not taking into account all the things that go into it. For instance, people have had experiences. People have beliefs that lead them to act a certain way. People may be acting on their faith, their religion. People may be acting on uh, things that you don't know about. And you can't tell a psychiatrist or someone in a few moments what's really going on with you. So for them to be able to diagnose you properly would be wrong anyway. Uh, if you come from a biblical standpoint, someone can help you more so with your uh, mental uh, functions and how you think and things like that, because they have answers for you and they can really tell you what's going on with you and your mind. If it's not a spiritual mental situation, then it would be spiritual. Uh, As Christians, we believe in uh, people can be possessed. That's one thing. But if you don't understand the idea of possession, then listen to it this way. Uh, Possession would be Uh, We believe the spirit does it like the devil. So a devil would take over the person's body, make them do things harmful and stuff like that to yourself. But if you can't understand the spiritual aspect, understand it in a physical way. 
your mind, body, and everything, uh, your mind is giving you wrong messages to do evil things. Uh, and the evil things that your mind may be telling you to do goes against the Bible. So how that could be the devil, even though you don't believe it's spiritual, let's just still say it's the devil. But we won't say spiritual because you don't understand that yet if you're not at that point. So if this thing is the devil or bad or something that represents bad, the mind would tell you to do what's wrong, what things actually are prohibited in the Bible. So if you find yourself doing things that specifically is prohibited from the Bible, murdering, <coughs> stealing, you know, killing, doing different things, lying, cheating, all the different things that are forbidden in the Bible, that would be someone who could possibly be possessed or um, have a demonic spirit. But the physical aspect is doing something that is uh, evil. You, Your mind is giving you instruction to do things that specifically are equated with evil and the devil and go against the Bible. So you can say it's spiritual. You can say it's, uh, you know, this is the definition of what you're doing. It's a, a definition of an action. However you choose to uh, define it, uh, there is uh, a systematic thing that's happening to you. And if it's causing you to do things that are specifically against the scripture, you may want to come to the understanding that it could be someone <coughs> that's demonized or possessed or something like that. But that's not always the case. Uh, something like that could occur. If that's happening, there are ways to handle that. Like people were doing... Uh, you know, the expulsions of demons and exorcism and things like that. But there are ways to uh, deal with this issue. Like, for instance, when you read the Bible and you find what behaviors and beliefs and thoughts you can replace these other thoughts with to get these bad thoughts and demonic thoughts out of your head. So the Bible tells you the way to think how to be prosperous so that the things you do doesn't fail so that you will be able to get what you want. For instance, let's just say the Bible says that as a man think if so is he. So if you think a certain way that that's the way you are. So that's one thing. That's an example of how you need to think a certain way and you have to control the thoughts that come in your head. When it comes in your head, you don't just say, oh my goodness, uh, it, it, it's telling me to do something. You have the authority to say, no, I'm not going for this. No, I don't agree with this. But what do you combat it with? You can uh, try to stop the thoughts, but they might come back. But if you are bathing and showering in the scripture daily, you have something to combat it with. You will be able to replace it with thoughts that are that will build you up. Uh, there are people that do positive thinking and positive phrases and stuff like that. And that kind of uh, puts a band-aid on things and stuff like that. But you don't have inner joy and peace and things like that. But it may help you for a little while, a, a long while, but you may not have or you won't have the peace and joy of the Lord inside. You won't be in complete peace. You might have a semblance of being able to function, 
but you if you want the whole benefit you would read the bible and get these things in your head your thought pattern what you should be thinking about how you should feel about situations so that you are able to withstand attacks from the enemy or if you want to say the attacks from your own mind or whatever it is people diagnose you with something and they say it behaves this way well if these specific things are happening you don't have to agree that you are dealing with this specific mental illness because they're wrong uh, what you are dealing with is things that you're neglecting to do from the Bible. And that's adding up. You're doing things that the Bible says don't do. And they have consequences when you do it. So, for instance, if you think I'm I'm terrible, I'm bad, and I'm not good, nobody likes me and all that, you're going to feel down and bad about yourself. You're going to feel suicidal. You're going to feel all these different things. But if you think, like the Bible says, you know, somebody says you are ugly, you are not good, you are fat, you are this, you are whatever. Uh, you can say the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Whatever you need to correct that you're doing wrong, you can correct that. But while you're in the situation and you're you and there's nothing you could do about it immediately or whatever, you can look at the fact that in the Bible it says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So everything about me is okay. Can I improve? Can I get better? Can I do this? That's fine. But let's know that what we're starting with is fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, we can always improve things, do well and whatever. But know that what you're starting with is something special in the first place. God didn't make junk. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. That's speaking about people. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. So we can look at that as as a reflection of ourselves. I am um, fearfully and wonderfully made. We can also look at God made me in his image. He made Adam and Eve in his image, male and female. So they, man is created in his image. If we look into the Bible for our esteem, our God esteem, <clears throat> We understand we have value. So I, I'm made in God's image. So you, I can't be uh, trash. I can't be, you know, a hoe. I can't be just a thug or a drug dealer or something like that. I have value. This is not just for women. It's not only about thoughts and hoes. You don't have to be a thought or a hoe, but you don't have to be a drug dealer or a kingpin or a playboy. You don't have to do any of that. You can be who God says you are. He made you fearfully and wonderfully and you are made in his image. So if Jesus was able to do it, we can do it. We won't do it to the degree that he did it and the perfection that he did it. But the Bible says we are supposed to exceed Jesus in the works and things that he did. So the good and all of that that he did, we are supposed to exceed him. So we actually can do that. But in his perfection and able to uh, live to God's standards. We uh, we can live a sin-free life. That doesn't mean we're not going to sin ever, but we don't live a lifestyle of sin. Now, how do we handle our mind dealing with these things? Okay, so for instance, if your mind is telling you something that's different from the Bible, you know your mind is wrong. It's not the Bible. It's not God. Your mind 
is giving you things about your emotions and it's coming up from your emotions and your experiences and stuff like that. That's not necessarily what's true. We can't base fact and truth on what we went through per se. There's some things that you can find out is true based on dealing with it and and having gone through the situation, but everything is not done that way. So some things you have to get specifically from the scripture to know. So for instance, if you walk a, a long distance, you might understand, oh my goodness, this is a lot. This is too much for me. Uh, next time I, I, ha- I do it, I have to prepare myself daily to make sure I'm ready for it. And then I can do a long distance. That's like a marathon. You train for it and then you do it. So we have to get ourselves prepared to be able to do certain things as far as uh, the mind is concerned. You have to be prepared for the journey. So if you don't prepare yourself when the situation comes like if you walked the long distance and wasn't prepared you might be achy and sore the next day you might be tired while you're doing it you weren't prepared but if you prepare yourself you can win a marathon you can run a race you can run a a walk a walk a walkathon and be the first in so if you are preparing to live life You have to prepare yourself with the things that are going to nourish you and things like that. So what do you do to prepare for the marathon of life? Because it's a long distance. Some people's are are shorter than others, but uh, essentially it's a marathon that you're running when you're dealing with life or it's a -a walkathon. Some people don't. Everybody is running a race, but uh, it depends on how you handle your race. And how you prepare yourself. So when you are going to run a race, you have to make sure that you are hydrated so you drink. You make sure you have food so you eat. So you have to be nourished. And so the Bible is the word of God and it is milk and meat. Now milk is given to babies. It has nutrients in it and it's used as food. And it's like, and then meat is the stronger version of that and vegetables and things like that. So as a Christian uh, and a person in this world that needs to learn how to live, you get yourself prepared by taking the word of God and drinking it. You drink it so that you're hydrated. You make sure you're prepared daily hydrated so that you don't just drink it right one day and think you're going to be okay. You will get dehydrated because you haven't been properly drinking every day. So you read the word every day. You feed your mind every day to live this life. And that's reading the Bible every day. If you have to give yourself a scripture shower, listen to the Bible on Bible apps, a Bible, uh, uh, um, some kind of technology that has the Bible on it or the computer, the TV, wherever you can get the Bible, a physical Bible, listen to it, read it, get it in your system. And then you will be prepared to know how to handle situations. You will be uh, closer to God. You get yourself together. You pray so that you're in the presence of God, that he's ever present with you right when you need him. You are have that great connection. Uh, so you eat the word of God. You meditate on the word of God.
you do the things that the Bible tells you to do concerning the word of God so that you can benefit from it. Now, the Bible tells us how we should think. So what should we think? So uh, I'm going to give you uh, an example uh, of what it says about the mind. So the Bible uh, already says, as a man thinks, so is he. So that's a way to think. You have to think uh, good things about yourself. You can't think negatively or that's going to um, bring you down. So as we look at the mind, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be using all the scriptures I can find that deal with the mind. Um, there are going to be more scriptures that are in the Bible, but some of them are redundant with what they're saying about the mind. But as much as possible, I'm going to try to do a whole series and go through the mind. I would like to do books and TV shows and uh talk shows and different things about the mind. I would like to get a whole lot of different things done about the mind from a biblical perspective, um, movies, plays, anything, any kind of thing that gets the word out, books, uh, textbooks, anything that would get the word out. And then uh, I'm going to uh, explain from the Bible how to handle our true mental health, what we should think, what we should believe, how we should think and how we should believe the mind from a biblical perspective. So an example of the mind uh, is, and Moses said, hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them all of my own mind. So what we find in the first one that I have presented to you as an example, there's something called your own mind. So Moses is showing that your own mind could be a problem. There's a negative connotation to the fact of if he would have done it with his own mind. He's decrying, I didn't do that. So it's kind of saying something must be wrong with that if he's saying, oh, no, no, no. I've done all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. Well, whose mind has he done it? The mind of God is what Moses looked for. Moses looked for the mind of God, and that's what he did. We need to try to find the mind of God. So how are we going to have a solid mind? We need to follow the mind of God, and that's in the Bible. So Moses didn't do it with his own mind. <clears throat> What's so important about his own mind? Well, Moses thinks like other people. He might have been in God's presence and so he uh, thinks a little uh, ahead of other people, but that doesn't mean that his mind would still lead him in the proper way. He would have to look, follow after God's mind, and that's coming into the Bible. The Bible is the authority on the mind, not the textbooks from people who did not use the scripture to back up what they're saying. So they tell you something is wrong with you, but they didn't get it from the scripture. It's not real. <clears throat> Some things might be around the edges and the fringes and might have uh, something that looks a little bit true, but it's not real. So. What we understand about the mind is that 
Moses did not use his own mind. He would have found himself in a lot of trouble. The Bible says uh, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of those ways are the ways of death. So Moses, he could possibly think, you know, I got some ideas and things like that. But just like everybody else, his thoughts and stuff would be rooted in his own uh, ideas and beliefs. And then they would be colored by what he experienced. And if he experienced negative things, it would be colored negatively. If he experienced some good things per se or things that were okay, they might not be right. They could be nice, a little nice and seem okay. But it has to be according to God and his word and what he has said for us. It's not about what we want to do of ourselves. There are things we can do. We can choose. I want to wear this outfit. But we have to look into the scripture. It says we should be modestly dressed. What's in my mind? My mind should be saying, how do I dress? I dress modestly. This should not be a question. Should I go out half naked? Should I be in public in a lingerie? Should I be in public with booty shorts? This is already answered in the Bible. And this is dealing with your mind, your mentality, your mental health. When you go out in public in booty shorts, when you go out in public half naked, you are not showing a healthy mind, a healthy mindset. Your mind is not showing you what's accurate. The Bible said we should be dressed modestly. So if you're not dressing modest, you did not put the right thing in your mind. You did not feed your spirit. And so what your mind is reflecting is your fact that you did not study for the test. And you did not study the word of God and you did not Put it into your spirit and then do the things that you learn. So your mind is being fed when you read the word of God. If you don't read the word of God, your mind is being fed by other things and then you do those things. So you need to feed yourself with the word of God. So if the Bible says be modestly dressed, what's the benefit of following the Bible? When you're modestly dressed, you are respected. There are some exceptions where people are upset with people who have, uh, you know, some respect for themselves, but that's not the standard. So when you dress appropriately, you have respect. You can um, knock your, knock it out and knock it out the park and dress nice and dress fly and do all that. But that's not the basis of who you are. We, our, our whole thing, our clothes is not our God. Our clothes is not our worth. So, that's not what we do. But what we can do is represent the kingdom of God properly. So you put into your mind, I dress modestly. People, this is for men and women. So women are told to dress modestly, but men and women are not supposed to be naked in public. So a man shouldn't be naked in public either or with tight stuff on or whatever. So if you understand God wants me to present myself a proper way, I get respect, I respect others. You dress inappropriately, people may disrespect you, although they shouldn't, but based on what you're wearing, people may disrespect you and you're disrespecting yourself. And then you may disrespect them and act the way you dress. This weighs on your mind. The things you do 
uh, also uh, have an impact on your mind. It makes you think a certain way about yourself. You know you're half naked if you're outside in the street. And if you're not homeless or anything like that where you don't have the clothing to put on and you're at home and you purchase clothes specifically to be half naked, you have a, a wrong mindset and you're abusing yourself. And you're abusing the public and the children who see you and the people who you influence. Somebody might try to follow you because they see it and you're doing it. They want to do it too. Not that they think it's right, but hey, somebody's doing it. Let me do it too. So this is where people find themselves. It's not right. What is in your mind? So... This was just a, a little uh, idea of what's going on. And so you can take the things that I said today and you can use it because it's actually good stuff. But this is just an overview of what I'm going to be doing in this series. But what I've said thus far wound up being something that's very beneficial and that you can uh, use. But I'm going to try to do it in a more methodical way uh, I'm going to try to go from verse to verse and go through uh, the different mindsets but I gave you an idea of what I'm going to do so the first one that I found is your own mindset I don't know if that's the exact very thing about the mind but the first one that's me- I, I found that mentions mind is this one and it has to do with your own mind What that does when he says his own mind is it brings into play God's mind. So even though it didn't say God's mind, he he meant that he didn't use his own mind. So he was using the mind of God. So he didn't do this by himself. So the first primary is God's mind is our mind like God's mind. And we don't use our own mind. We're supposed to use the mind of God. What's the mind of God? Where do we find it in the Bible? So I'm going to look through uh, the things that I have. I put it in my notes and I'm going to just go through a few of the things so you can get an idea. And if you want to go ahead of me, you can very well. I'm just going to look in these different uh, scriptures. And okay, so this here, uh, no, this is a different one. So the, I'm in my notes. So you have, if you get the Bible app, you can put things in your notes and you can search things and search topics and do things like that. And you can save things and do everything. So uh, I'm going to do this one. It says all his mind, a full utter all his mind. So what's happening with all your mind? What does that mean? All your mind? You can we can look into that and find out what that means. Uh, also, we'll look at this says a wicked mind. There are so many different uh, minds that the Bible speaks about. So this is not just like there's one way to uh that people's mind functions and that's it the way that they have broken it down in psychology is wrong if you look into the bible the different things that it says about the mind so uh it says out of the mind 
So there are some things that come that's out of mind, not out of the mind, but out of mind. Uh, there's a, a state of things being out of mind. Just these are things that's covering the state of how your mind can function. Uh, this other one. Uh, let's see what this one says. Uh, so I have out of mind and then we'll find the next one. Did I go to the same one? Okay, this one would be uh, mind, willing mind. So I'm just giving you an idea. So I'm going to try to take my time and uh, look through each one and, and get the names of the different mind states of mind, like a willing mind and, you know, a reprobate mind. There are so many different things that has to do with the mind. So I'm just giving you a general idea. And what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to break it down for you. And I'm going to try to put something together so that people understand how the mind functions and how you can be in a specific mind. Are you in a reprobate mind? Are you in a willing mind? If you're not in a willing mind, what does that mean the state of your mind is? And what the, what happens when your mind is in an unwilling state? So... If you understand these different things, then you will know why you function the way you function and you will know how to correct it according to the scripture. So it's not like uh, people talking about uh, you have uh, whatever the illness, bipolar, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, all these different kinds of things they tell you you have uh, ADHD. Uh, I'm trying to think of the names of these different uh, things that they just they make up. So if someone doesn't, you know, focus on stuff like that, they call them attention deficit disorder, then uh, people have, you know, wound up growing up and becoming famous for being uh, multitaskers, you know, not just focusing on one thing. And instead of calling their gifts and abilities uh, some kind of mental illness, you would try to find out what exactly is going on with them. You would help them and aid them, not medicate them. So the mental health community, so-called mental health, is not really healthy for you. They like to medicate and disguise problems or issues or your intelligence. Sometimes it's not even a problem. It's the fact that you're ahead of the pack. So if you believe something that's a not a popular or held belief, they consider that to be some kind of mental illness that everybody, if it's not that everybody believes it, something must, must be wrong with you if you believe it. So they're saying that basically you couldn't possibly be, be a genius or ahead of the time. You would have to be something has to be wrong with you if you're thinking differently than other people. Now, people have ideas and things like that. That's different. But moral standards and values are from the Bible, so they should be the same. But how we handle problems and different things and how we view things, that has to deal with all kinds of things, uh, where we grew up, how we were raised, all kinds of things. So did we go to church? Whatever. They view these things as mental illness. Even when they find out people have gone through certain things, they still view it as a mental illness. If it was a mental illness, your body 
uh, not that there, not that there's any mental illness, but your body would naturally or whatever do it. It wouldn't be if a person gets raped and then they have, uh, you know, fears of certain things. They call this some kind of mental illness and put you on medication because you're fearful. Teach the person how to not be fearful. Get them into the Bible and give them the scriptures to help them heal. And you can overcome different situations and scenarios that you've been through. And you can do it from the scriptures. Someone has to show you how to do it. And the uh, people in church, the pastors have been doing this for years. They've showed people how to get along and how to handle situations. And people have been reading the Bible themselves and learning. So it can be done. So now you have to figure out how to use your mind properly. <clears throat> so uh, I have talked about the different thing, the willingness of mind, the unwillingness of mind. And when uh, you go to a psychiatrist, they're telling you how to use your mind the wrong way. And they're medicating it. And they're trying to change the chemistry of your brain but they never uh, gave you a test to see if your chemistry was off. And do they even understand what your balance is supposed to be? Since everybody has different height, weight, uh, different things like that, uh, male, female, different things. So how do they know exactly how each person's brain balance chemical is supposed to be? So they shouldn't be tampering with people's brain chemistry at all in the first place. It would have to be something very specific uh, physically that they know that they would try to operate on somebody, but to say somebody has a thought that you don't like and you medicate them, that's wrong. So a lot of problems with people are physical. And what happens is uh, somebody might have head injuries or things going on in their brain that needs a physical answer for it. It needs physical healing. So I believe in uh, healing that Jesus can heal people. That's fine. But some people will go to the doctors and things like that. All people will eventually go to the doctors at some point. And when they go to the doctor, the doctor needs to uh, tell them what's going on with their brain physically. And many people don't do that. They're not scanning the brain. They're not looking to see what is going on in your head what's happening physically with your brain. You do have a brain. So there. this is something that is real. This is something that is actually going on. This is not just some made up, uh, you have this problem. And, you know, they just did it over some odd years and they determined this is a new a mental illness. This is a mental illness. And they're just making it up as they go along. And People have so many different ways uh, of expressing different things, but they lump it all into one category. It's wrong. They're wrong about mental illness. The psychiatrists don't know what they're doing. We can do it from the Bible and get results. Uh, sedating someone is different and uh, like trying to make somebody a zombie is different from getting biblical understanding and helping them. Can people be out of control so much that they need to be sedated? It's possible that people may need to be sedated because they refuse to calm down. But you can't make somebody a zombie forever. You have to fit, find a way to help them so that they don't flip out so much. What's going on with them? 
We can find that from the Bible. We can identify people's problems from the Bible. Uh, and so uh, medication should not be what is used to help people. Uh, that should not be primary. Uh, it would be rare that people are sedated and things like that. Medication is really not needed. What needs to be done is you change your mindset. You change your values. You change your belief. You change the way of thinking. People that are not Christian will find if they live the scripture uh, the way the scripture tells you to live, you would have a prosperous life. If you thought the way the scriptures did, and maybe you might come to Jesus, maybe you won't, but you would have a better life if you lived out the scriptures and you um, conducted yourself under the scriptures. Now, if you don't have Jesus, you're not going to have the peace and the joy and things that Christians have, but you would have a better life living the standards of God and instead of living the way you want to. So, uh, someone may have fallen and hit and hit their head and they have swelling or they have blood or they have it, something going on in their brain or they have bumps and things, um, in their head and they might be dealing with something. They may have brain injury from a fall from, uh, it's something, some, uh, ordinary brain injury that occurred at birth that that's just how they were born. It might be, a but that would be physical. That's not a mental, uh, some kind of mystical thing happening. You, you know, this is, it's a physical thing, what you're dealing with. So we have to deal with this on a physical level. It's spiritual. Yes, we understand this, but the words are spirit and life. You feed them into your flesh and spirit. You feed the facts into your spirit and the facts and the truth come from the word of God. So how do I live? How do I do this? How? If you want to know how to be married, you get that from the Bible. If you want to know how to have children, you get that from the Bible. If you want to know how to take care of children, you get that from the Bible. If you want to know how to, you know, uh, how you should live, you get that from the Bible. It shows people made houses. They made tents. They made things to live in. Uh, you want to know what to do with your mouth and hunger? You get that from the Bible. People ate food. We learn things and how to respond and act from the Bible. Uh, we have consciences and things like that that would show us some things. And the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. So God is spoken of by nature. Nature talks about God and it's not mother nature. It's just nature that God created. So we need to stop abusing our minds with drugs, illicit drugs or prescription drugs because they're illicit too. Uh, some of them are narcotic and some of them are so strong that they have so many side effects that they make you physically sick and ill that you're worse off than when you uh, started out. Uh, and like some people have been raped and they have a certain mindset now because they were raped. You help them unfurl this belief they have come to now because of being raped. You don't medicate them and say all of a sudden you develop the mental illness because you were raped. No, I was raped and there's some fear there. There's some physical uh, uh, scars. There's some emotional scars. This is not a mental health issue. We have to stop trying to fix things that we can't fix and give it to God. How do you give it to God? 
You read the word. You find out how to deal with it. You live out the word. You do the things the Bible says to do. You think a certain way. You act a certain way. You speak a certain way. And then these things will help you overcome what you're going through. Uh, you can't do it without God, without the Bible. You'll, even if you don't know it, the things that are helping you in life came out of the Bible. The fact that you can walk the street and not be killed, you know, we have killings and things like that in the streets, but it's not the majority. It People are on the news and they show people killing and things like that. We talk about it and we want it to stop, but that's not the majority. Um, most of the people are alive, living and fine. So um, if you look at around the world, the majority of people are living okay. They might not be uh, spiritually, emotionally at peace and health and rest, but the majority of people are fine. People have health problems and things like that, whatever. And that's, you know, you can speak certain things and uh, you can become well, or you can go to the doctor and become well. There's certain things that you find out. You can find out about doctors in the Bible. People went to the doctor. Uh, I believe one of the disciples was a doctor. So there's things that point to uh, what we can do in the scriptures, but there was no mental health doctors in the Bible. Why is that? Because the mental health narrative that they have today is bogus. We need the real things. Why is someone unable to do certain things? They have to get a willing mind. If they don't have a willing mind, they're not willing to do things. Why you don't have uh, the a willing mind. You have to make yourself be willing to do certain things. You There's some things that you can specifically do to get yourself a willing heart, a willing mind. You, uh, you can get yourself prepared to fight these things and uh, able to fight these things and make yourself stable again. So the things that I told you already, the examples that I gave you, you can use that specifically as a man thinks, so is he. That's something that you can put into practice now. Start thinking of yourself the way the Bible says. So if you get yourself a Bible app or if you go online to Google or any of the places that uh, have a search engine or something like that or a book or something and you search a topic. You search the topic and then you read about it and then you read those scriptures over to yourself and then you live those scriptures out and you do it. So if the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he, you think positive things about yourself instead of negative. And to be more specific, when you read the Bible, it tells you what positive things to think about yourself. So you can start out by being positive about yourself and things like that in general, but you can look in the scriptures to find out specifically some of the things that you uh, need to say to yourself that's positive, that will help build you up. Uh, so we have things in the Bible that can help people um, not be not feel bad about themselves, uh, help you not be suicidal, help you not be murderous, help you not be jealous, help you not be whatever the problem you're facing. But your problem is not in the drugs that they're giving you. And we need to stop this industry from stealing from people's lives and calling them mentally ill when they have their own opinions and they don't follow the norms. They don't want people 
to be Christian. They don't want people to believe uh, what they believe from the Bible. They try to medicate people like Kanye West and different things. The uh, man wanted to medicate him and he he basically tilted his hand and showed that it's just an uh, tactic to shut somebody up or control somebody. He said, I'm going to put you in zombie land and I'm going to medicate you up. And this is a trainer telling somebody he's going to medicate them up. Imagine your trainer is able to medicate you. But then there's a video about him where he uh, was used uh, in some kind of military thing or some kind of secret uh uh, agency where they did experiments on people with drugs to see how the drug affected their mind and things like that. So this is normal and natural to him to do this to people. So he needs to be investigated. He needs uh, to be arrested. Uh, they took him falsely, but the doctors will take uh, people when someone uh, complains about them and call it mentally ill because they make money and they profit off of you taking their drugs and seeing their psychiatrist and being indoctrinated. And they want to indoctrinate you. They want you to meditate. And the meditation in the Bible is different from meditation that is evil. So the Bible meditation, you think on the word. You don't empty your mind and do all these weird things that they say you do in the meditation. These meditations are not appropriate. But the Bible meditation is right. Find out what meditation is. Don't do any meditation that's not biblical. Amen. So you need to get right with your mind. If you want to live a good life, the Bible topic has topics about so many different mindsets. What the uh, mental health community needs to do is get the biblical account of different mindsets and then from the Bible show how to combat it. Instead of using drugs, use the Bible. They have already proven and shown that people who go to church and uh, uh, praise God and have faith, they have a, a better uh you know, understanding and they have a better way that they feel about themselves and they're, you know, different things like that. So they show the benefit of having faith in God. So this is a fact. And what the person is doing is they're under a teacher in church and they're telling them how to live their life from the Bible and the mindset they should have from the Bible, but they don't go in specific the way I am going to do so that people will know specifically what kind of mindsets you can have and how you can deal with it from the scripture. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I thank you for tuning in and use the things that I have already told you and they will work swimmingly and blessedly. And then you can also, uh, if you want to go ahead and read some things in the Bible about the mind, you can, but I'm going to give you some in-depth understanding about it. So, Thank you for listening and uh, it's a blessing. God has been good and uh, I'm going to take this time to worship God. I want you to get into the habit of doing the things from the Bible. This also helps your spirit and your mindset. So make sure you pray. This is what I'm going to do. You make sure you pray daily. Make sure you praise God daily. Try to get a song in there and sing. 
Try to dance before the Lord. The, any of the ones that you can do. Try to pray daily though. Even if you can't do all of the other. Try to pray and praise daily. And the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So if you're in a situation, praise the Lord. And in that situation, he'll get you out of it. Or he'll make it better or something. Uh, and you can praise before things happen bad. So you'll be prepared. But in a situation where there's a problem, you can praise God in it. You can dance before the Lord like David danced. Uh, you can do many of the different things that uh, the Bible says, lift your hands before the Lord. Do different things. Uh, these things are beneficial for you. It's good to get to moving around. It's funny that many of the things that we do to worship are physical. You lift your hands, you bow down, you uh, continue to bow before the Lord. Uh, you do some in the Yada Toda Barak Tehillah Halal Zamar. Some of these things are physical actions and you get yourself moving when you're worshiping God. You dance before him. So worshiping God is physically beneficial as well as mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So we have a benefit in God. It's all encompassing. You can find that you get most of the things that you need out of the day by doing the things that God told you to do for him. Praise, worship, praise, singing. And it is it it takes it takes time throughout the day for you to do it. So you are doing something and doing something useful with your time. So you're not just bored and things like that. Not that you're trying to not be bored, but you're doing things that are beneficial to you. So it winds up uh, eating up some of the time and you find that the time goes by and it's past well spent. Uh, like make sure the things that you're taking in, you're listening and watching positive uh, messages and things like that on TV, radio and different things like that. If it's negative, stop it. If you want to get an understanding about something, you can dissect it, but don't just feed yourself wicked things. Uh, the mind needs to be blessed. It needs to be nourished. It needs to be fed. And you do that with the word of God. That's the first thing you need to do. Get the mind of God and the mind of God is in the Bible and Jesus Christ is Lord. Confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Amen. So I, um, I am thanking you for coming along this journey with me uh, so that we can look into the mind. I'm going to be doing many different series. Uh, I'm going to be striking it from the scriptures. And what I'm going to do uh, is I'm, I have different topics and things that I want to do. I want people to uh, support me so that I can get these ideas that I have out there so that people can benefit from them. Like how to deal with the mind, the different technologies and things that I want to do. If you support what I'm doing, then I can put things out there that will help you and help your children and help people have a better life and help people uh, become fiscally uh, profitable and, uh, you know, progress and things like that and prosperous. There are things that we can do. I have so many ideas and they are feasible and they can benefit society. I need you to support what I'm doing. So when I'm doing things, watch, listen, uh, make sure you share it, like, subscribe, 
uh, you know, different things. Do all that. Follow me. Do the different things so that these things can work out. Uh, and sh- share the things with people and comment and comment positively. Uh, if you have questions, you can pose them. But make sure that the good things are being passed along. Don't just keep it for yourself and don't just shun the things that are there to help you. And the Bible has helped so many people and it does so good. When you see other people living and they're doing well, instead of being jealous, you should say, let me get into Christianity too. It's doing this greatness for people. And you can't blame God for when Christians mess up. We're human. We're sinners. So we are saved by grace and we are no longer have to sin. But we falter sometimes. But we get our mind right from the Bible so that we are not living in sin and we are not a prey to the teeth of the devil, but we actually know how to live, what to do, how to defeat, you know, the things in our lives and what we call the devil. We understand he's a spirit, but some people don't believe that. So if you just think that what's going on that's bad is the devil, we can be on the same page a little bit about what's going on. The things that are negative in life, we can see that as what would be the devil. And the things that are positive, we can see that as what would be from God. Because the Bible says all good things come from the Lord. So I'm just thankful and grateful that God has put me in the position to understand his word. And on my uh, podcast and the Twitter spaces and different things, I share what I have learned and I have a good knowledge about what's going on. I have a good understanding of the word. This is the gift that God has given me. I don't try to add what I believe in the word, but there's eisegesis and exegesis. So some things make a be colored by some of the things I have gone through and I can give some advice about that. But really the majority and what is going on is it's fact based and it's from the scripture. Fact based, faith based, faith based. What it is, is the standard of God. There are some judgment calls people can make and that's fine, but let's get the meat of the matter, the specifics about what God says to do about it. There's some ways we don't have to interject uh, the things that we want. We can tell you from the scripture exactly how you can handle some situations. And then as a human being, you're living out life. So you're going to do some things in your own way and how you do it. But there's some things that specifically the Bible tells you what to do and you need to adhere to the scriptures so you can be successful, profitable, uh, pleasing to God. And uh, even if you don't believe in God, you understand the benefit of the Bible because you're living under the system of the Bible. So it says, don't kill You understand you're living in a better world because people aren't killing everybody. So some people are killing people, but that's not the majority. So some people are doing these kinds of things, rapes and stuff like that. But the majority is not. And that's because there's a system in place from the Bible that you should not do these things. So people uh, have been ingrained not to do it. It's in our law. Don't kill. So 
People took that out of the Bible and put it in the Constitution. They put it in the law. They put it in the state Constitution. So we have standards. But our standards came from the Bible. So we have to acknowledge that and give God the credit for that. And the thing is that if you don't are not a Christian, you still have to understand you are benefiting from the Bible and you do not want to get rid of the Bible. Because if you get rid of the Bible, you're going to get rid of the protections that it affords you. The Bible affords you the right to life. Otherwise, they can just kill any and everybody anytime they want to. So you need to be able to make sure that you are protected by the Bible. So don't be a part of the people who want to stop the Bible in the communities. Even if you're not living uh, everything of the Bible, every specific thing, you don't want your life to be uncovered with, uh, from the Bible because then murder, rape uh, could be considered right. Uh, pedophilia could be considered right. Uh, uh, killing could be considered right. So you have to make sure that you're, uh, you have the word of God protecting your society. If you don't, many different things can be put into place that will harm you and your children. So uh, um, this is the... Uh, Moral insistence, never doubting. Moral insistence, never doubting. So you insist on morality and you never doubt. You never doubt the morality of the Bible. Amen. So this is the mind. So the mind. I'm going to try to do a rundown of the different uh, things that can be what, uh, what you are experiencing with your mind. So the different states, uh, are you out of mind, different things like that? Um, you know, you're not thinking about someone, are you, um, of your own mind, different things. So I'm going to see biblically the different, uh, categories of the mind. I think I'm going to start from numbers. So the first one is your own mind. Now I'm going to look at the next one. It should be a different uh, thing here. Okay, so after I did numbers, I went to Deuteronomy. I'm just going to go through. I don't have to say the exact book. I just want to give you an idea of what uh, is going on with the mind. So the different categories. So there's sorrow of mind. So what's uh, the next one? Let's see. There's my mind. So this is my heart and, and in my mind. In my heart and in my mind. So my mind. Just different categories of the mind. Willing mind. So we, after we have willing mind, uh, I'm going to look to see what's the next one. Uh, 
out of mind. Uh, out of mind again. Uh, so I'm looking through the different scriptures that has mind. And this is what I'm finding. So I'm going to give you a general overview uh, of what uttering all his mind. So utter all your mind. So somebody can do that. Uh, so after all his mind, then we'll see. Uh, the next one would be. I think I've gone through the Old Testament, so I'm going to try the New Testament. Um, so where's the mind? Right here. This is right mind. In his right mind. So in that situation, you would find out what's not in your right mind and what it means to be in your right mind. So that's one uh, thing. Um, so the next one, let's see what it is. Uh, that's, I think that's in his right mind too. Uh, okay. Now I think I'm going to go back and find the other one. If I didn't look that up. Okay, so this is all thy mind. So all thy mind. And then let's see what this one says. Doubtful mind. Did you know you could have a doubtful mind? So doubtful mind. So it's funny that I use the um, the name of this series is going to be Mind. Uh, it's going to be Moral Insistence. Never Doubting. So you can have a doubtful mind. So that ties in with uh, the topics that I'm going to be covering. And then let's see what this one says. Readiness of mind. Did you know these things existed? Have you been reading the Bible? Even people who have read the Bible, they haven't been paying attention to how important it is concerning your state of mind and the different state of minds you can be in. Humility of mind. Did you know you can have a humility of mind? So if you don't have a humble mind, there's something wrong with that. And what that looks like, we can go into discussing that uh, but it's just phenomenal that they actually have mental health in the Bible they and, and it tells you how to uh, be in a specific mind and different things like that uh, it's not just something that you medicate and you do things like that you have to actually put yourself in a certain mind so we're finding that out today and uh it's good that we're finding it out so that we can get ourselves prepared. Law of my mind. Law in my members warring against the law of my mind. 
this is phenomenal when you even though I'm not going through the whole specifics of everything, just hearing the different topics should excite you to understand that this exists. These different things about the mind and there's a law of the mind and the law of my members and that different. Did you know that? Did you know there was such a thing? You know, Christians, we read it and we see it. But do we understand it? Do we practice it? Do we know what it means? Renewing your mind. you So that means that's something you do. Did you know you can renew your mind? Renewing your mind. So that's something. that is It's phenomenal when you go through the word and you see what is there. So let's see. His own mind persuaded, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. What does that look like? What does that mean? And what is it referring to? So I'm going to be covering these topics. And uh, it's, it's, this is very amazing. Uh, putting you in mind as putting you in mind. How do you get put in mind? It's phenomenal. You should be getting excited just hearing the topics that we're going to be discussing. I'm going to discuss with you. Uh, so I'm covering all of the different topics that we're going to be discussing. So let's see what this one is. Willing mind. Did you know that you could have a willing mind? Amazing. Now, I talked about some of this stuff in my previous, uh, uh, what I was talking about. But just to give you a overall view. Uh, this is almost like a syllabus or something where I'm telling you what we're going to be talking about. Ready mind. Did you know you can have a ready mind? I heard I said willing mind, but did you know you can have a ready mind? You know, this is utterly phenomenal stuff. This is not, you know, just uh, anything that, you know, people are saying you need the Bible, but Ready mind. You know, the, the Bible is telling you the different states of mind you could have. Did you know that the Bible had so many different state of minds? Were you aware of that? Did you understand that? Let's see what this one. Spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Did you know you had a spirit of your mind? See, when you get into the Bible... You're learning about life and you're learning about, oh, I didn't know I could have a willing mind. I didn't know that I could be uh, have an unwilling mind. I didn't know. So if you can have a willing mind, don't have an unwilling mind. Like-minded. One mind. So like-mindedness and one mind. What's that? We'll get into that. So let's see what the other one is. Uh so, I, th I think this is where I'm at. Let this mind, what is this mind? This is just saying it, not even going into detail. The scripture, it, it explains itself in many respects. But then when you get specific and you go into details, it helps people even more. But... 
humbleness of mind. So I already um, spoke about humility of mind, but this is humbleness of mind. So we'll find out if that's the same, if there's a nuance, if there's some kind of difference. Uh, what does it mean to have humility of mind versus a humbleness of mind or humble mind? This is so phenomenal. I mean, I, I am bold over, you know, that God took the time out to write this for a reason. It's not just to sit there and be on your counter or be, you know, somewhere. It, this is for you to understand, read, and live out. That ye be not soon shaken in mind. Did you know you could be shaken in mind? So they're telling you you have a mental illness and you could be shaken in mind. And there's a simple way to, to handle this and understand this. People are shaken in mind. They're shaken in mind every day instead of learning from the Bible. How do you handle a shaken mind? So now we go into how you deal with it instead of just being, uh, you know, prey to the teeth of uh, the situations and things going on around you. You're afraid of um you know, violence or whatever, you're afraid of rape or whatever the case may be. So sound mind, things have happened to you and of a sound mind. So how do you get a sound mind after things have happened? When things make you fear or this, the Bible is telling you what to do about it. So I am going to show you from the scriptures how you handle this stuff. So this is the last one. Now, there may be others, but the difference is that uh, these are the things that I found under this category. If there's more that are not necessarily listed under mind or whatever, I can go into the things of the ways of thinking and stuff like that. It might be thought and as a man thinketh, so is he. So there's some other things in the Bible about thinking. So that can go along with this as well, but I'm going to be dealing with specifically the mind. So this one, let's see what the last one is. The same mind. Okay, so this is just a, a precursor of what we're going to learn in this series of the mind. It's called mind. Moral insistence, never doubting. Amen. Thank you so much, and God bless you. So thank you for uh, tuning in. As I look at the calendar, and I looked earlier, I noticed that it said, first day of Advent. And you know, I uh, I get into Christmas early. I'm, I'm into Christmas all year round, really. But... Uh, there's some time frames that you really get into Christmas and what's going on. But there's a specific time that they consider Advent. And I don't have a problem with it per se. We don't necessarily say that December is the, the day that Jesus was actually born. Uh, but it is a day commemorating the time that he was born. And so we look at the time that uh, he was uh, going to come as a child in the womb of Mary. And then he was going to be born. So the advent of Jesus and all of the things going on, uh, it's speaking about that. So um, the advent season is speaking about the time Christ would come in the flesh. And so 
uh, from this day forward, we should be thanking God and thinking about Jesus, talking about Jesus. We can do that all year round, but we can particularly uh, speak of and dope on the fact that Jesus came in the flesh. So let's use every day that we have up to December 25th to have that big celebration and a big commemoration. There's no problem with uh, wanting to say that Jesus was born and acknowledging it. I don't deal with the tree and the trimmings and things like that. I don't have a problem with people putting up stuff like balloons or things like that or some festive kind of thing to um, connote and denote the, the time and the season. But I'm not into the trees. They probably have pagan roots and things like that. Uh, but the, the fact that you want to celebrate that Jesus came in the flesh, uh, that's ama amazing. That's a, a wonderful thing. Uh, so... We can do that. So uh, we just understand today, November 27th, 2022, on a Sunday, is the first day of Advent. And so it's funny, Jesus, uh, when he died, he rose on the third day and it was on a Sunday. So today is Sunday and it also happens to be the first day of Advent. The, you know, uh, So he was born in the flesh and he was born to die the even when they started talking about Jesus being born in Matthew, it says he would die for his people for their sins. So it was already speaking about his death. So it's not strange to talk about his death when we talk about his birth because he was born to die for the sins of the world, for Adam's seed. And we all are Adam's seed. Uh, uh, spiritually, we are now connected to Jesus and thank God for that. Uh, and we have the blessing through Abraham's blessing by faith, not, uh, you know, some people weren't born to Abraham, but, but Abraham was a man of faith and we are children of faith and we believe in Jesus by faith. So the faith religion always was going to exist in the promise. Uh, and Jesus was promised in uh, the Garden of Eden when God said to the serpent, the woman's seed will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. So Jesus would die for our sins then. Uh, and the serpent would kill him. He would bruise his heel. So we're just thankful that Jesus was born. Now, Jesus is God in the flesh. Emmanuel means God with us. And Jesus uh, is the uh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So they're already saying that the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father would be the son and a child. So that means that God, the Mighty God, and the Everlasting Father would come in the flesh. So that uh, it just shows that Jesus was always promised. Um, so we don't have to fight about that and we don't have to um, worry about that or doubt it's true. Uh, Jesus is God. And John 1, 1 says that. And then many other verses uh, back up the fact that Jesus is God and Jesus himself with his own mouth. And it's recorded said, uh, Moses spoke of me. The, the Psalm spoke of me. Um, the prophet spoke of me. You know, it's spoken concerning me. So he's all in throughout the scriptures. 
He is the Jewish Messiah and the, the Messiah of the world, the Savior of the world. So we thank God for that. And uh, it's a blessing. And I'm doing the series, The Mind. Uh, and it's moral. It's not the mind. It's mind. Moral. And it it's the word moral is speaking about what you believe in everything. Insistence. You're very strong about what you believe. You're putting it to the forefront. So you insist upon it. Uh, and uh, never, you're not, this is not something that you do as a lifestyle. It's never, this is, it, it's not being done by you. If it happens a few times, it shouldn't happen, but you never doubt it. If doubt comes your way, you push it aside. You have that authority in Jesus. You don't have to doubt anymore. So, it's moral insistence, never doubting. Mind. That's the series I'm going to be doing. And I'm kicking it off today on uh, the first day of Advent. And we're talking about Jesus. But how do we handle and deal with Jesus? We have to love God with our heart, our soul, and our mind. So, and all our spirit. So, we, the spirit, you can tap into it because once you uh, believe in Jesus and come to Jesus and everything like that, your spirit is activated with the spirit of Jesus. Once you accept him and all that, your spirit uh, is taking part in it. You read the word and things like that. Your body, you worship and you do things, it's, you're taking part. How do you get your mind involved? You have to be in the right mind. You have to do the right things by your mind so you can. Uh, it will affect your spirit, your body, your soul, everything. So you have to have a right mind to handle the ship that you've been given. Your body is the ship that you lead around and you do different things. So you need to have the right mindset to, to go the right places, do the right things, know what to say, know how to say, know what to do. The right mindset gives you what to do. You'll be ahead of the game if you have the right mindset. So praise Jesus, worship him, worship God, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, Y-A-H-W-E-H. You worship him, worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and make sure you follow him. But get your mind right before God. Amen. Salvation Nation SN segment. Repeat after me. Jesus, I confess you as Lord, and I believe in my heart that you rose from the dead. You said in your word, if I confess you as Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that I am saved. I have done so, and I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Sharon and the Rose of Sharon segment. You've just listened to the Sharon Brown podcast where the Rose of Sharon is the star. Jesus is the Rose of Sharon.